Greetings and welcome to the Women of Rock. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kimberly. I am Tammy. Hey, and our channel is all about our favorite rock musicians and the goings on in the rock world. Remember to like, subscribe, and hit that notifications bell so you don't miss a single episode. I'm going to hand it off to Tammy T. Tammy T, what's going on in the world of rock? So the biggest news this week is The Cure and Ticketmaster. The Cure has a cure for Ticketmaster, and I just stole that from <laughs> Philly. So really exciting to watch. So The Cure, for anyone who doesn't, doesn't know, the band The Cure announced their tour this spring, North American tour this spring, and ticket sales went on sale this week as well. They announced it a few weeks ago. Um, what was different about this is Robert Smith, lead singer, was really involved in the whole ticket process. And he was tweeting all of this, all of these updates. And basically what they did is they had a large hand in the pricing, in the in the ticket sales themselves, in the, in the delivery, the signing up, the registered fan, the whole thing. And it seems to have worked pretty well. So it's a pretty cool discussion. You know, I just was looking at some of his tweets over the week and... One of the things that stood out was he said, we had final say in all our ticket pricing for this upcoming tour and didn't want those prices instantly and horribly distorted by resale. We were told in North America, the resale business is a multi-billion dollar industry. So there are a couple things that they wanted to prevent. One, scalpers. And two, they did not sign up for dynamic pricing. And because of that, Ticket sales were, they were actually affordable. So they did a verified fan thing. So I went through it because I wanted to see if I could get tickets and how the process was and if it was any different than Depeche Mode or anything else that we have already been talking about on this channel. So I signed up through Ticketmaster as a verified fan. I got an email saying, we'll let you know on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, if you'll, it's basically a lot, it was basically a lottery system. I also had to sign up for which venue I wanted, which I signed up for Shoreline Amphitheater in the Bay Area. Awesome, awesome venue. But anyway, I did get an email and it said, you, you know, congratulations. You have, you're able to, you know, purchase tickets for Shoreline Amphitheater on such and such date. A lot of people, so I looked online, a lot of people were waitlisted. A lot of longtime Cure fans, a lot of people got a waitlisted email and said, you know, so sorry, you're waitlisted. We'll let you know when tickets open up. I have no idea why I got in and there were other people that were waitlisted. I don't know if, well, I have no idea if it truly was a lottery or what. So when I did log in, the day of the, when tickets went on sale, I got a text with a code and it said, you know, log in, make sure you're logged into Ticketmaster. Here's your code. I did that. I got kicked out a number of times. And from what I understand, a lot of other people got kicked out a number of times too. That was pretty norm. Was that a Ticketmaster thing? Was it a glitch thing? Was it trying to make it hard for us to buy tickets? I don't know. But it was not just me. Everybody that I saw online that purchased tickets got kicked out a number of times, kept going back in and got tickets. But here's what the ticket sale prices were. So for Shoreline, the 100 level, I didn't even look for, I can't even remember if they have floor. They must have floor. I didn't even look, but or it wasn't available when I logged in. 100 level seats were like $100, $125 and then up to $175 to $235. Mm -hmm. 
for 200 level, which are still good seats, they were 55 to 85 dollars. And I saw a number of $55 tickets available. I couldn't believe it. I don't remember the last time I saw these low prices for a huge artist. So that right there is what I've been complaining about on this channel, freaking dynamic pricing, because it's ridiculous. So, and Robert Smith even talked about that and said, well, tweeted about that and said, you know, we did not sign up for dynamic pricing. We had that option. Are all artists have that option to sign up? That's a whole that's a whole scam, and that's another conversation. <laughs> which, of course, I chimed in. Yes, it is. So, yes, we uh, agree. Yes, we agree. But it seems, I guess, the moral of the story here is artists have a lot more control than I thought. I don't know if all artists. I mean, Cure's a, a big artist, but they opted out of dynamic pricing, and this seemed to work. Did all fans get tickets? No. I mean, there's simply more demand than supply. And that's going to be the case with any show. I also saw online somebody from which Hollywood Bowl, somebody in L.A. stood it, went down to the venue, the Hollywood Bowl, and stood in line and got tickets. And oh, I wow. Think like 100 level. And, and old school. Like, <laughs> and that's exactly what he said. I went old school. I went down to the bowl. Oh, my ticket. I didn't even know you could still do that. Wow. And I, so I think they reserved a number of tickets where you could do that, go to the venue and purchase. They held back maybe 500 tickets, I think, for the band to sell, you know, but they, I think they released most of the tickets on those fan verified days. So, you know what? There is a way. <laughs> where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, I get, there's what is the, way. what is the, control here right. that is coming back so yeah and art like i said i'm i guess i thought through the taylor swift thing through the depeche mode thing everybody else all those artists signed up for dynamic pricing they mm. could have chosen not to who's making that money is the artist making well is everybody making the money is Ticketmaster making the money are the artists making the money you know follow the money trail where is that going but mm -hmm. the cure, God love him, said no. God love him. I mean, you know, I thought about that and th that whole experience with the cure and I've been reading up on it and immediately thought, got me singing their song, show me, show me, show me that trick that you did. I'm like, yeah, show us. Cure. How did you pull this off? Because what I'm starting to think is that probably these bands and these acts consulted with their lawyers and they looked at their contracts because maybe the band members aren't up on their contract in a way that uh, you know that that's not necessarily the job maybe it should be but if you go back and ask your lawyers hey can you look and see what kind of contract we have oh we can opt out of this wait that's what true. you know what that's a good point that's a really good point and i'm not even sure that artists were aware of what it was or that's what exactly right was. i don't you know i'm not trying to fault Taylor Swift or, or my beloved Depeche Mode. But, you know, I have seen some things online about you, you, some digs at Depeche Mode because those tickets were so outrageous. And I bought one of them, too. And I'm right. going to see them next weekend. But, woo, um, woo. woo, yeah. I And I think, I you know what? I think it's been, this is the great thing about the internet. So much fan backlash and, and what's going on. And again, God love him, Robert Smith has been paying attention to all of it and live tweeting 
the, through this whole process of what's going on and who he's talked to, what he said. So check out his Twitter feed because it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. And, and on no why other bands can't do this again, to, but uh, to your point, depending on, I guess what their lawyers are saying or their contract is saying, but I think it's awesome. And then he got some of those fees refunded too. I mean, there were people were complaining. Oh, that's the other, that's so the other the part of the story. Mm -hmm. Ticketmaster jacked up the fees. And I saw some of those fees, like for a $50 ticket, it was $25, $30 in fees. You know, so think about that. Like how much of, that's what, I don't know, I'm not a mathematician, but what, 50, 60% of the 70 percent mm -hmm. Ridiculous. Right. <laughs> so she showed us too and spoke up and got a rebate right. for some of the fans. Like, That's right. A refund. Right. What? What? I mean, it's dollars, but still. Still. I, I mean, it's. You're saying like $20 tickets, maybe they were lawn tickets or something, you know, $10 fee to or maybe $20 fee to $20 tickets. So he's saying he's giving, you know, giving 10, whatever. Anyway, huge. It, it's remarkable. And my advice to the uh, the entertainment lawyers for uh, that are doing good things for fans, keep going and keep looking at those contracts and, and scrutinizing them because it's like, oh, okay, so people are making a brouhaha about the ticket. So then you're going to jack up the fee and act like we don't notice that. Like going back, we, we are looking. Right. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Like, and and people are going to be looking more and more because I think oftentimes, you know, you see these little fees and well, you're not paying attention because it's three ninety nine and two ninety nine. We well, start paying attention when it's twenty five dollars and thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those fee it was way more than that mm -hmm. for most of the tickets. But yeah. Oh yeah. So, well woo -woo, let's I, see what happens after this if other artists follow suit. No, it was great because I read it. I read all this stuff yesterday. I was catching up on it and it was Friday and I thought of that other Cure song, Friday, I'm in love. I'm like, I'm in love with y'all again for because, you, you know, you're great, you're great musicians, but you're going to bat for us little people that want to come out and see your shows. Where, and I use that little, you know, meaning to be funny. But no, us big people, the fans that are opening up our wallets and our credit cards that are coming out and supporting the music industry. So thank you for taking a stand for us. Yes, yes. And other other artists take notice like absolutely that's what it's gonna take. get your lawyers on it yeah <laughs> we're gonna stand up against the man damn it i want to go see some shows that are reasonable and where i can get some dinner and a, and a beverage afterwards come on now yeah exactly i mean we've been talking about this this our, our whole time we've been doing women in rock we have been talking about this so it's just so cool to see some progress no it's 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 amazing. And for, for people that want to know more about, you know, what we've been talking about, go check out season one. We've, we talk about it in many of the episodes. And so there's a, you know, background story around it. So, and you can also look it up online. Nice. Awesome. What else is happening, Tim? The, well, I guess the other thing I, and I didn't really have time to look into this too much, but along the lines of the Ticketmaster debacle, there is a new fair ticketing act and I think it's against scalpers. It's um, fairticketing.com for anybody who's interested. It sounds like it, they're working towards some legislation against this. There's a number, Live Nation is sponsoring this and a number of other companies, artists, whatever. So check that out. Well, maybe we'll have more to report on that next time. But uh, again, things are happening and hopefully this will, this will be part of the solution as well. Awesome. Because I, th I think yeah. that that's the yeah. way to really kind of tackle it is, you know, tackle it 
on all fronts. It's like there's the bands, yeah. there's things that they can do. The fans obviously have been making an uproar about it. You know, people with shows like ours and other people are talking about it. And the legislators need to do something too. And the lawyers. Yeah, all of the above. All of the above. And then I know we have some, there were a lot of women rockers and artists who were in the news this those past couple of weeks. So you want to kick that off, Kimberly? I sure can because it's some of my some of my favorite artists. The first bit is coming from Chrissy Hine, the front person of the Pretenders, and a longtime vocalist and guitar player. She came out, I think it was this past week, with some strong statements about the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nomination process. And basically, they were the Pretenders were inducted in 2005, and so she's you know, thankful that she got that. She was appeasing her family as well. That's a, that's an aside. But, you know, on a serious note, she basically said that the whole process is, she called it bullocks, and I'm quoting her on that, and that it's establishment back slapping, and that she basically said, if, if someone wants my position, you, you can come take it because she's kind of over it. And so she said, you know, don't get me wrong, another, another quote from the Pretender song, she loves being a musician, but all this hoop jumping and things that a lot of women artists need to go through to even get nominated is ridiculous. So I thought that was, you know, good for her. And she's always been kind of a rabble rouser and outspoken and has had to deal with a lot of these issues coming up yeah. in the business. So I'm glad she's taking a stand and saying something. And I don't know if you wanted to comment on that, too. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> her point, too, is that there aren't enough women in the Rock Hall. And we've talked about this on this show too, like who votes, why are some artists in and not others? And that's what everybody has said about the Rock Hall. So it just happened to be in a week where there seemed to be, it, it kind of kicked off. Well, I don't know if it kicked off or not, but it just happened during the week where there was a lot of talk about women not being included more in the Rock Hall, in Glastonbury. There was a, an article about, you know, the festival, the Glastonbury Festival, they, uh, the organizers are apologizing for not having any female headliners and burying some of the female artists like Lana Del Rey and I think Lizzo, burying them in the you know in the in the show format, but not really highlighting them. And Lana Lana Del Rey spoke up, so they have promised to have more female headlining artists in 2024. Like they could have had Taylor Swift, they could have had you know, an, a number of female artists and, and they didn't. Mm. So that happened. And then Courtney Love piped in about what Chrissy Hine said. And uh, she's right. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, so it's just, I guess um, there's enough. Well, I don't know if there's enough, but there is rumbling. And the more that we talk about it and acknowledge it and push back, kind of like the same thing with the, t the Ticketmaster thing. Like, let's start pushing back because this is ridiculous. So mm -hmm. I think that's what's happening. And the Rock Hall thing has been bullshit from day. I mean, who gets in, who doesn't? I don't even know what it's about. It's a fun ceremony, whatever. But she's right. She's well, totally right. And what Chrissy so, says about that, she goes, you know, if anyone thinks that the Rock Hall is about rock and roll, you're like a fool. That's a quote. Not. That's a, a direct not. quote. Right. Right. And, you know, just to piggyback on some of the things you just said, it's like there's all these kind of backroom shenanigans that goes on. I think that um, a lot of the executives are, are male, and I think they're I think they're scared of talented women, quite honestly. And um, welcome to America, welcome right. to Earth. 
Welcome to well, planet Earth. Welcome to planet Earth. Women are from Mars. Women are Venus. Whatever that is. <laughs> and and so, you know, for her to come out and more people to come out I, talking about it because they're speaking from experience. They're like insiders. It's like it's not just me and you railing yeah. against it. It's people that had to go right. through the system and navigate and get pushed down and and snubbed. I think it's great. And I think for for both of them, they're at stages in their careers where they have nothing to lose. What does Chrissy Hine have to lose? Nothing. So, you know, for all these artists that are maybe in a similar space, like, please speak out and at least speak the truth. Courtney Love goes on to say that she's sick and tired of female artists having to prove that they're exceptional with everything that they do. Uh-huh. And that, you know, the bar for male performers is lowered oftentimes. It's like, how'd you get in here, you know, versus these people? She highlights people like Shaka Khan, who's still not in there. Cheryl Crow, really? who's just... Khan's not in there still? No. Wow. Cheryl Crow. This year's nominees include Cindy Lauper, Cheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, and Kate Bush. Right? I'm like... Uh-huh. Wow, that's taken how many decades to get that group of people, highly influential artists, um, to be nominated? And it's no guarantee that they'll get in. Right. Yeah. And I know Cheryl Crow's got a whole, there's a whole story about some of the goings on with her career. Um, mm-hmm. And so I great. imagine all of the female artists have got some pretty horrific stories about mm-hmm. behind the scenes in their career. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, it stems from misogyny, like you say, in this country. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. I think it, it comes from a place of particularly when you have males in positions of power to that are offering up contracts, who's offering some your- sexual component that's involved. It's like, oh, you want to be a star? Oh, I can make you a star. I'm like, right. They had the power for, for too long. And I think I think it's changing. Mm-hmm. I think it's changing in corporate America. I mean, it's slowly changing. There's an uprising, I think is what I'm saying. There's more women and we're fighting. More women are reaching those positions and and fighting back instead of staying quiet. So I think, I feel like it's starting to shift. The age of Aquarius, it's not going to be all about the feminine. So I feel like we're at the beginning of it. It's starting to shift. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But it's so interesting that it came up so much this week. Um, and also, you know, I was just looking at a quote from Courtney Love about the Rock Hall. She said, the canon making reeks of sexist gatekeeping, purposeful ignorance and hostility. So, yeah, she's not mincing words in, in what she said. You know, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, not. And I was going to just, you know, add on a, a really interesting component that I think people don't talk about. You know, for some people they say, oh, what's the big deal? It really doesn't matter. And it's just an organization. And she goes on to say, well, actually it does matter as far as the earning potential that an artist will will have throughout the, the rest of their career. You get into the Hall of Fame, that's immediately, it immediately opens doors for you. She says uh-huh. it can take you from a secondary market as far as touring to, you know, a primary market. And so- uh-huh. There's a lot of financial opportunity that is available to people who make it. So it's not like we can just poo-poo it and say, oh, it doesn't matter because according to her, right. it matters as far as dollars and cents. Yeah, it's a good point. Right. 
And then yeah. also this week, I, I noticed, you know, Meg White, there was some rumbling, some journalist, some dipshit journalist, male, sorry, made a comment about Meg White not being a good drummer and was pretty vicious about it. And that spurred a huge backlash from a lot of male artists saying, you're totally wrong. You know, Meg White is a great drummer just because she doesn't do, you know, a lot of fills and, and all these other things doesn't mean she's not a great drummer. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And even even Jack White, even Jack White's ex-wife said something on Instagram or Twitter about, yeah, my, my ex, my ex-husband's ex-wife, or he even said that she was essential to the White Stripes and the White Stripes would have never happened without her. And even Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine tweeted something last night. And in fact, I'll just read it. He said, I hear there's some controversy on this matter lately. So let me set fools straight. Meg White is one of the greatest drummers in the history of rock and roll. It's not even a debate. There's a handful of drummers ever who instantly, who are instantly recognizable, rocking their many hit songs with flavor, fire, and flair. She's on that list, bro. Does she do a lot of complicated form Tom Tom fills? No, thank God. She has style and swag and personality and oomph and taste and awesomeness that's off the charts and a vibe that's untouchable by all you boring ass skin beaters who think we care about your tight syncopated paradiddles. She is a force and her records are forever stepstones to how to do do it your own way while rocking the damn planet. So that was from Tom Morello, who I totally respect as an artist and musician, and and he's and he's completely right. But why are we having this discussion about Meg White? Mm-hmm. There's million other drummers that why would they pick on Meg White? It just mm-hmm. you know out of the blue because she duh because she's a woman. Right. So and that has been going on forever. Oh yeah, yeah, and it, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I'm not that familiar with her her playing, but for some reason I was. Got into this uh, Carpenter's kick, right? And so I was listening to some the live concerts of the Carpenters. Karen Carpenter, who was a drummer, watched her, you know, several clips of her. I was like, that's right. She was a drummer too. And she was a really good one, right? Yes. Not yes. only was she an, an amazing vocalist, but she was a drummer. And so I was doing a little research about that. And at some point, the powers that be who were kind of managing them or trying to sail, what, whatever, I don't know all the, the pieces of it, but they wanted to get her out in front and so I'm from behind the drum set and make her kind of centerpiece of the of the whole act and she had all those issues with her image and her weight and you know eventually yeah. passed away from I think it was anorexia yeah but I think a lot of people probably forgot that she was a drummer right and a really really good one absolutely absolutely an exceptional drummer right and yeah. that's just another example of why do you have to pile on to talented women? Why do you have to pick at them and find something that's wrong and try to tear them up to pieces over here and find these little weird things about about them? Like, why can't it be, why can't you applaud a female drummer? You know how hard it is to uh, make it as a female artist. Why can't you go that route, right? I don't know. I don't know I don't either. know. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't make sense, but I, I think, and I, I don't think it's, just the music industry i you know again i think it's corporate america i think it's pervasive in a lot of cultures so 
I don't know. It just seems like really like we're in 2023 and still happening. Absolutely. Oh my God. It's just how many centuries is it going to take? Not even decades. How many centuries is it going to take? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, and I'm an optimistic person, but some of the things that I just observe with the the way these cultural stories kind of play out, especially the energy directed towards women, especially the energy directed towards talented women, artistic women, women right. who are trying to raise right. their voices. It's automatically this this pushback and this belittlement and kind of what we feel and, and can see. So can you imagine all the behind the scenes things that are going on, all the opportunities right. to uh, knee, kneecap right. people and get them out of these positions and don't call in them, hey, don't call up this person. Hey, don't acknowledge that person. There's a lot of that goes on, too, that doesn't really get talked about. And so what is that? Right. And if you do speak up with a woman, then you're aggressive or you're a bitch or you're hard to work with, you know, so. So fucking or, be it. So Meg White quit the White Stripes. Because she was having panic attacks on stage. She couldn't do it anymore. That's why the White Stripes broke up. Because she was wow. having panic. She couldn't take it anymore. Wow. And she's been underground ever since. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is so interesting. And as soon as you said that, I immediately thought of Taylor Hawkins. Well, you know, we're going to make a little pivot here. Yeah. Speaking of Taylor yeah. Hawkins, next weekend, March 25th, is the one-year anniversary of his death. So, you know, my heart goes out to his family. I know how hard you know, going through loss, how hard that first year is, the first couple of years. I mean, it's it's going to be hard always, but especially that one year marker of, you know, the one year anniversary of the per of the person's birthday, the one year anniversary of their death. Those are really, really hard days and they're really hard days leading up to it. And uh, Taylor's side project Chevy Metal was supposed to play this weekend in LA in Aurora Hills and Taylor's son, Shane Hawkins was going to fill in on drums and they were going to play, I think, I can't remember if it's this weekend or next weekend, but it was just announced yesterday that that the show's been canceled. So that's too bad. It, they just said for unforeseen circumstances. So, you know, my heart goes out to them. I, I think maybe they had were going to do a tribute, you know, obviously to Taylor at, at the first anniversary, but it's a tough one. You know, that first year, that first anniversary is is really tough and just for us fans and stuff, that last year of, it's so weird. I've been reflecting lately, starting to see photos of Taylor pop up and just like, it's just so weird. It's been a year since he's not here, wow. you know, and it's so weird how that, and this is just a life and death thing, but you know, that person stops at that age. We keep going and that's, that's where it stopped. That's where they stopped at that age. It's just weird. It's just he's not that he's not here. And, and anybody going through loss, you know, it's I guess it's a similar process too of just that that it's just the the shock and getting used to that person not being here. At least at least in the same way, you know, not not physically here with their with their presence. But so yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I and I mentioned him because in relation to that Meg White story was because he suffered terrible panic attacks too. He did. He terrible did. and that's what you know sparked me to bring him up it was like yeah. i remembered that he did he did and you know we still don't know what the circumstances were around his death entirely but he did have past addiction problems and some of 
suspected that, you know, that self-soothing and and self-medicating was was due to some of the panic attacks and things. I don't again, I don't know what happened that day, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just you know, so unfortunate and you hear several high profile artists, you come to find out that they have these you know, horrible stage fright that almost also cripples many of them. Sure. And you just think there it is, this huge talent that you, you can't even capture appropriately. And they're afraid of God and plays like, oh, my God. Right. And well, you know, typically that comes from some kind of trauma. <laughs> so you're human. Right. You know, who knows what kind of childhood trauma or just trauma you know ptsd whatever that they're suffering from and that and it comes out in that way so mm-hmm. you know i think it's easy to forget that you know i tend to think like artists are superhuman right they just have this incredible talent and how could like i just think of them as you know god really rock gods and to see them have issues and be human it's like oh oh yeah well he had he had stage fright. Oh, I wonder, I wonder yeah. what caused that. And, and expecting them any, you know, to your point about the women expecting artists or women to be up to a certain standard and never fault from that. Mm-hmm. And we're all human, even art, you know, artists are human. And so, yeah. Yeah. And I think to Meg's point and, and our point, Hey, go easy on these folks. It's like literally, they're up there pouring their soul out and performing and uh, providing you with entertainment. Just be, can you be respectful of that and not try to tear people down? What a dick. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so like, I mean, we, we beg of you to stop your yeah. dickery and, uh, you know. And that's the internet too, you know. Stay yes. away from the internet, internet trolls and whatnot. But, but yeah, I mean, just all around. Have some compassion for people. Be kind, just in general, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't know what somebody's going through. Look at Taylor Hawkins. Everything in the world. Just don't know what somebody's going through behind the scenes. Absolutely. And for the musicians and the artists, they're they're willing to kind of channel their emotional stuff into songs and art for the benefit of it's people. Highly personal. Highly your personal. Po- your personal art and your feelings and, and your essence into this for the world to critique. I don't even know how they do it, honestly. Right. I like, don't either. D- you know, day after day, month after month. So, oh my gosh. Takes a yeah. lot of, of courage. So be respectful. How's that? Pull it together, people. Pull it together, people. Tammy said so. <laughs> I'm going to sick Tammy on you. We don't want that. <laughs> well, what else is happening, Tammy? Well, you know, I thought I'd run down just a couple of other tours that I, I just saw glimpses of this week. So as I mentioned earlier, Depeche Mode kicks off their tour next week. I will be there on night two in San Jose. I am so excited on my way up there next week. Woo! Woo! Um, woo! Can't wait. We'll have hopefully have some footage from that. I also came across, and I don't know when this was announced, but maybe it doesn't matter. I just came across it this past week. U2 has is doing a, a I guess it's a residency at the new sphere in las vegas in 23 and the sphere is something that they're building part of the venetian at part of the venetian so it's under construction and it literally looks like a big sphere you can go online i think it's www.thesphere.lasvegas.com backward slash experiences backward slash u2 we'll put the link in here but it looks like beyond state of the art so it looks super super cool 
And uh, I guess they're going to do Actung Baby Live at the Sphere. So we'll see. It says we'll see the world's biggest rock band perform the world's most exciting all new state of the art venue, Sphere at the Venetian in Las Vegas. The special run and also the special run of show marks the band's first live concert in four years. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Cool to see artists embracing technology. Like I know you mentioned to me offline something about Peter Gabriel and his upcoming tour. I'd love to hear about that because I'm not familiar with that. And I love Peter Gabriel. Oh, yeah. I just luckily this ended up in my queue and I was able to talk about it for, you know, for the show. Huge Peter Gabriel fan. Really, really have appreciated his artistry and musicianship for decades now. So Peter Gabriel has a new book out called Reverberation, and he also is promoting a, a new album, a new songs, some new songs, and he's going to be going on tour. And yeah, I would love to see Peter Gabriel. I think he's just one of the, the top top acts I'd really like to see, you know, before he gets too old to go out there again, right? He's 74 yeah. now. And he... Also has launched these kind of AI science-based projects where it's kind of fusing music and biofeedback, I believe, into some tech projects. And he's been experimenting with these concepts since 74 that I read, these biofeedback ideas where people are all kind of connected in concerts. and uh, Yeah, so it's really interesting, and I, and I want to know more about that. Cool. Um, Let's all experience it. That's exactly right. But he's basically experiment. He's come out and said that, you know, he's a little scared of the AI, you know, the new AI, but his whole philosophy is let's embrace it and let's kind of stay ahead of it as opposed to like, oh my God. I think he said like, let's jump in the river and dance with it, which I think is really interesting. And so. Agreed. Yeah. And my, my note to him and, and I hope he'll watch one day, if not now, but down the line, Mr. Gabriel, please, if you're involved with any high tech, music projects, make them for the betterment of humanity. I'm begging you because I'm not trusting some of the other people that are trying to do stuff with this. I'm yeah, kind of skeptical. Right. I'm like, but stay I with think. The light. Stay with the light. Stay with the light. Remember in your eyes, all that positive stuff that you were singing about, please come from a light place that is supportive of humanity. So that's my, my Peter Gabriel commentary is going to be on tour up coming up on tour in September. And he's got some new AI projects coming along. Isn't that interesting how AI is touching the music industry? I would have never right. thought, but gee, I guess if you want to ask chat GVT, write a song, I wonder what would come <laughs> up. Write a song about blah, blah, blah. So well, just just an aside, just and, and I'll just briefly go into why I'm concerned about what I've been seeing. So there were maybe two or three weeks ago, there were some big AI demonstrations for some from some big name companies, which I won't mention. You can find them. They had these public demos of their um, AI, like search engines and things like that. And they both kind of failed catastrophically where, you know, they were pitching questions to them and they were coming back with some really strange answers and they went off the rails and basically sounded like they were going to kill themselves if they didn't get Xanax. So that's what their robots were sounding like. So that was what I recently saw. And I was like, wow. oh my God, please, oh. please tell me that this is like in the testing phase and you're not ready to take this to market because I'm concerned, right? Right. So there's right. been, you know, talk of that. It's like my whole thing is the, the the tech is only as good as the people who are programming. Right. 
Yeah. So unless the tech can bypass that, and I haven't heard that yet, we need to be programming better people. <laughs> right. Right. Coming from some heart and some kindness and something. That's yeah. my two cents. And hopefully AI will be a tool. I, I'm, I mean, it's, it's so new for so many of us. It's a little scary to think like I'm a writer. It's going to replace my job. You right. know, am I going to be out of a job in a few years? But I think the way that I'm embracing it and hopefully the way that it will be is, is to be able to use it as a tool. Like it, we'll still need people. We'll still need people to verify the information, but to use it as a tool, as, as a tool rather than kind of like P Peter Gabriel said, not to be afraid of it and embrace it and dance with it. And that's, that's what I'm doing with it now as well. And hopefully that will still be the way. And we won't be replaced by AI cyborgs and robots. No, I agree. And and his whole thing is, you know, we need to be talking about it more. Um, I think people need to come to understand what's going on. And he is talking about, you know, envisioning a world where healthcare and education can be delivered to people. I get the impression it sounds like he's trying to bypass some of these structural <laughs> barriers that, that sure, aren't sure. interested in a healthy, educated population. So I'm all for that, right? That sounds like a, a meaningful, worthwhile adventure. But I think, you know, we shouldn't just assume that people are creating this um, this tech for the betterment of people. I, I think that's kind of naive. And I think we should really be asking a lot more questions. Maybe some of them are, right? But I'm not going to assume that all of them are. I, I know that is not true. So I'm curious to keep paying attention to what what Mr. Gabriel's doing and how he plans to incorporate that with his music. Yeah. Yeah. And it's called Panopticom. That's his new song. Or that's the new idea. Oh, so. Wow. Okay. Right. So look so, that up everybody. And I'm going to go yeah. do, do some deeper dives. No idea how to spell that, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine a concert that's kind of like AI driven? That would, that sounds interesting. I, I can't. I can't imagine it. I, I, that's why I want to see it. I, I have no idea what that would even look like or feel like. What would that feel? And, you know, we go to concerts to feel that experience. So what would that feel like? What would an AI concert feel like? We'll see. Right. Hopefully. We'll stay tuned, right? Yeah. What else, my friend? Well, I think that about wraps it up for, I mean, there's been a ton of festivals every day. I'm seeing some new, a lot of like heavy metal rock festivals. I've noticed I too many to even count. It just seems like the year of the festivals. So yeah, I, I don't even, I don't even know how to single them out. I, you could probably Google your favorite band. I know like Guns N' Roses, there's a number of festivals there and Foo Fighters are showing up in a number of festivals, which by the way, I saw something yesterday that there's some rumors that Matt Cameron from Pearl Jam may be the new drummer for Foo Fighters, which that was a surprise. Matt Cameron's a great drummer and he was a, a good friend of Taylor Hawkins as well. So Foo Fighters is performing in a number of festivals all over the place starting in a couple of months. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I thought maybe it was going to be Josh Freeze or even Rufus Taylor mm. from The Darkness. But they're both busy with other bands and other things. So it might just be Matt Cameron. So that'll be interesting to see. And side note, Dave Grohl's been spotted around LA cooking. He's, oh, wow. he's got he's got a, a huge smoker and a side 
business called Backstreet Backbeat Barbecue, and he's been cooking for home the homeless for the last oh. three weeks, like for five hundred people at a time, smoking wow. all night long and on the line feeding people. So wow. you can there's a bunch of articles about that. You can Google that online, but that's pretty cool. Absolutely, love to do that. Absolutely, and um, yeah. So I guess lastly, just wrapping it up with. What's in our queue music-wise <laughs> this week that we want to share? I'll kick it off. The, there's an artist that you may or may not be familiar with, in the music realm anyway, who is kick-ass. And it's Juliet Lewis, the actress Juliet Lewis. Oh, wow. She, she has a band called Juliet and the Licks. And she's not, I think they're currently making an album, but I think about 10, maybe 10-ish years ago, she took a break from acting to pursue music and she is bad ass. Like I feel like she's a rock star who acts. I mean, she's an amazing wow. actress. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we're going to link this song, but the, there I came across this song on somebody posted it. She posted it, reposted it from somebody else. Her, her song is called Losing My Mind, and it's from, I think, her 2018 album, her last album, which, by the way, Brad Wilke from Rage Against the Machine was touring with her for a while, too. Not, but then they started dating, and then they broke up, so he's not touring with her anymore. So he's not performing with her anymore. But but anyway, she's an amazing, amazing artist. So check out this song, Losing My Mind, and any of her other work. You're going to be blown away. Nice. Her and when you see her perform online, she is a force of nature. She just actually she says she exercises all like her demons and everything. She's very it's unbelievable. So that's my awesome. tip of the week. Awesome! I have to check check her music out because I know her you know from her acting career. But uh, wow, that's exciting! Yeah, nice. Cool. Well, for me, what has popped up in my queue is the U2 new music. I think they've got some, some new stuff coming out. And that led me to their time. NPR has a, a show called the Tiny Desk Concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love, love that. And so I was able to check out one that was posted yesterday. It was St. Patty's Day. And so they, it was Bono and The Edge. It was just the two of them, an acoustic set. I saw a clip of it. Love yeah. that. They open with one of my favorite U2 songs, which is Beautiful Day. Love that mm -hmm. song. I mean, I always loved U2, but to hear them, to hear him sing and to hear him sing with the edge and how beautiful his vocals were with that guitar. Still. Still. It was still. stunning. Yeah. It's stunning. I was like, yeah. man, these guys are still killing it. And they always did, right? Yeah. Yep. Super, super happy about that. And then the Indigo Girls have been popping up and I watched one of their Tiny Desk concerts. Love them. They're, they're still out there. Women who rock, you know. I think there's like a documentary about them or one that's coming out about them. So I've been, you know, checking out that scene. Did Tiny Desk rabbit hole? Because, <laughs> you know. If, Did you say one and yeah. So it pops up and then I saw another one with Anita Franco, who, who I love. So, you know, they pop up. So it's nice to, you know, see groups from the past with, with new music and to hear their old stuff, too. Sure. Absolutely. So, so those are my, my my contributions. Anything else before we sign off? Awesome. No, just I'll be in uh, in San Jose next weekend seeing Depeche Mode. Super excited about that. So we'll report back on that in our next episode. 
Dave Gahan and the boys are going to be up up in here. Dude, I can't wait. I know. I'm so excited. Hopefully we'll have some clips from all that. And, uh, you, know, we're, you know, our plan is to, to hit more, hit up more concerts and provide you with some, uh, some takeaways from some live ex experiences. Absolutely. Excited about that. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's a wrap. This is episode 11, Dammy T. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for watching. We'll be back again. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends, and, and please comment. We'd love to hear your comments about the show and anything you'd like to see. Absolutely. And then uh, finally, what is it, Tammy? What's our what's our, our new tagline? I, it's it's be kind, rock on and see you next time. <laughs> Woo Thanks a lot, everybody.